From the stars about Halloween, Halloween, Halloween. Let's all talk about Halloween, Silver Shamrock. Okay, we have Mom from 1990. Now, um, it's been a long time since I've revisited Mom, but it was a solid rental memory from my local video uh, store's horror section in the early 2000s. So, in the early 2000s, I used to frequent a lot of local uh, video stores. One of them was called Music Plus Movies, and it had the finest horror film section. In fact, several of those horror VHSs were rescued when the, when the, when the place closed down. I rescued. They were selling them off for $5 a piece, and I, I picked up a whole bunch and in some cases, those VHS are those are not the first time I ever saw said movie is on that was on that very VHS. So they they have a very deep um, meaning for me. Um, that horror section of that video store really like captures a a like a time in my life. Like that's such like a time capsule. So like this movie, I have a deep affinity for this movie because it reminds me of that time. I haven't seen it in a very long time. Uh, Scorpio releasing, it was either Scorpio or Red Code, uh, put this out, one of the two, uh, put out a Blu-ray, a very overpriced Blu-ray of this film. And I snagged it up and I was saving it for 31 days of Halloween. And um, man, mom is just one of those rare genre treats, man. If you like, if you like genre films, then man, mom is for you. And not just genre films. Well, let me let me further clarify. Mom is somewhat of a rarity in its breed. Uh, while the monstrous element is sometimes mistakenly referred to as a werewolf. Uh, this is actually one of the very few films out there that is featuring ghouls. So to clarify what I'm saying, when you read about mom online, often, often they refer to the monster element as a werewolf and it's not a werewolf. And here's the thing, Nestor, who's played by uh, Brian James, and you may remember him from that great Tales from the Crypt episode. He's also in uh, Blade Runner, he plays one of the replicants at the beginning. Uh, really intense, he always plays really intense bad guy parts, and that's there's definitely what he does in this movie. He plays this guy named Nestor, uh, who turns out to be a ghoul that loves to eat pregnant women, including their fetuses. It's pretty grisly. And, um, you know, he says something to Clay, who is the son, he's the, the, the protagonist. Uh, he is the son of the mom, right? Um, he tells Clay at one point something along the lines of, because Clay is trying to figure out what he is. And he says, vampire, werewolf, it's all the same. Like, you know, trying to just, they're, they're just leaving it completely ambiguous, you know? And I, and I can appreciate that amb ambiguity, but uh, I wish it was more defined with a better explanation of what Clay's mom is exactly. Um, in the end, this inconsistency doesn't affect the story or its impact. So even though the rules are not solid, like the fact that Nestor dies um, from getting burned and then Clay tries to use a flamethrower on his mom and it doesn't hurt her. But then at the end, she blows herself up with like a gas gas main in the kitchen, like, you know, using the stove, kind of like the way Nestor died. 
it's just, it was very, in, it's very inconsistent, but it just, it doesn't matter. The only thing that matters about it is that I just wish, like, I want to know more about what kind of monsters they are. They, 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 they live for a long time and they look ghastly. I mean, just ghastly. You get a kind of a glimpse of, of uh, what they look like behind the mom here. Now the, the, the actress who plays mom, hold on, let me tell you what her name is. Her name is, uh, uh, Jean Jean Bates, and she is also in she's also in Silent Deadly Night for the Initiation. She plays one of the witches, and she is great. She's a great actress, and like I said, yeah, yeah, Brian James as well. And um, this is what the synopsis actually says: Call her mad, call her monster. Just make sure you call her once a week. So the tagline, and that's funny because I'm going to dwell on that in a minute. The tagline is, you know, kind of makes you think that you're about to see a a black comedy. By the way, this is available on Tubi if you don't have the overpriced Blu-ray. Uh, that's well worth the overpriced, by the way, but still overpriced nonetheless. You can watch it; it's streaming for free on Tubi. I highly recommend everybody watch this on Tubi. During a time when the city of Los Angeles is terrorized by an animal attack styled murders, a kindly elderly lady provides a nomad with a room and board. It turns out that, see, here's it says, turns out he's a werewolf and is responsible for the recent killings. And maybe they call him a werewolf because it just makes it easier for marketing, but he's not a werewolf. He bites the elderly woman, turning her into a hungry werewolf. She's not a werewolf. And now her adult son must try to prevent the both of them from doing any more harm. No, she is. She's some kind of ghoul. She's she's I don't know if she's uh, she is undead because, you know, Nestor, he gets stabbed with some knitting needles and he like pulls them out. He's like totally fine. He, he even says there's very little that can actually hurt me. And. um, I don't know. I just find that to be more in line with some sort of ghoul or revenant, a flesh eater. He's a flesh eater. He, that's in fact, that's what they, they say that in the movie. They say they they I think he refers to himself as a flesh eater. Um, I've also noticed this, um, every time that I rewatch this movie, the tone gets darker and bleaker, man, darker and bleaker. Oh my Lord. Um, and that's the thing, as we just read with the tagline, it's sort of marketed as a comedy, but this isn't even black comedy. Okay. It is a grim story of compulsion through hunger until it becomes an all-consuming obsession that bleeds over onto the ones you love. That's what the movie is really about at its core. And like I said, Bleak doesn't even begin to describe what happens in this movie. It is so dark and so sad by the end. It really is. It really, really is. And, you know, I wonder if the reason why I noticed that or the reason why I'm picking up on on that about like you know the fact that that it it bleeds over onto the ones you love, you know personally I'll be honest with you I'm experiencing this in my personal life with a close friend who is suffering from mental illness and so I'm watching these movies and I couldn't help but notice the toll of trying to help someone who can't help themselves and the madness that it brings you know I, I my friend. He doesn't want to get help for his mental illness and it, his brain is rotting and it's terrible. And I'm like, I, I, this is a little TMI, but like, this is just some of, some of what I'm dealing with. You know, I don't talk about this often, but I don't talk about this at all. 
the point being is that I'm watching these horror movies and I like, I see that same theme. I understand that, that thematic element so well. It's a theme that I also noticed in pet cemetery bloodlines. And I alluded to, to this when in that review, if you watch that review, I, re- I alluded to it, man. It's like you, your, the, your loved one is either harming themselves or harming other people, but yet you're kind of like, either protecting them or trying to help them or trying to, you know, you know, you're creating, you're trying to implement short-term solutions to long-term problems. I don't know. There's a variety of things that, that happen. Um, in the case of pet cemetery bloodlines, I noticed it more from the parental POV and in mom, I notice it more. It's more like, you know, could be anybody could be your friend, could be just someone, you know, in general, people love to slag on horror movies and B-movies, but they are capable of transmitting powerful messages and great pathos when you look under the surface. And Mom is a great example of such. Um, it's really the, the gore and the monster effects are great, really great, especially some of the stuff that happens at the end. Some of it is just like really just straightforward, practical stuff. Um, this is a movie that I would love to see remade or expanded on. I want to know more about the creatures. I want to know more about what's going on with, with, um, you know, other creatures that are in a similar sort of situation. Like, I feel like you could tell the story a hundred times and it would be interesting every single time if you did do sequel after sequel after sequel, the movie just kind of ends. It's just one of those endings, just like, boom, the final thing happens. And then the movie is over. We don't get any catharsis. We don't get any real epilogue. We do get um, a very interesting kind of reveal, I guess would be the best way to describe it. All I could tell you is just watch this movie. Do not skimp on mom.